Welcome to the Seahawkers podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz, and I am joined by a couple of my good buddies, Clinton Bonner and Adam Emmert. And gentlemen, our Seattle Seahawks, along with other teams in the NFL, they've got some more money to spend. We got the news here this past week that uh, salary cap going up a little more than expected. Last year, I believe it was around uh, 225 million in that type of range, and it's going up almost 30 million. When I looked at the projected cap, just oh gosh, I, I think a couple of days ago on over the cap, they had it locked in around like 254th, and it was because it was right at that spot where the Seah- the Seahawks, well, they were over it initially. And then they made the move with Geno Smith restructuring some things. And then they're right at that number. And then the news came out that they, uh, it was higher than usual. And now the Seahawks, they have like 12 million to spend according to over the cap. Now you have to account for your draft picks, which is like another 5 million, which leaves them with 7 million to spend right now, but they haven't made any moves apart from the Geno Smith news. It feels good in a way to know that at least there's some room now when people go to the websites and do their only their all their salary cap looking and uh it's not a number that's in the red how you doing yeah, that that does feel good man and i just want to thank taylor swift personally for the extra cap space <laughs> uh when everybody was super angry about her being on the screen for 55 seconds during the super bowl um <laughs> it actually generated a bunch more revenue for the league that i mean not that the, the billionaire owners are trickling it all down, but it's trickling down to the players to a degree here. And I think that's a good thing. So uh, thank you, Tay Tay. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Tay Tay. That that's, that's a great way to put it. Look, it's uh, like the fed, the fed reserve here, boys, just just keep printing, keep printing them dollars. uh, And like, so so, so the boys can keep, keep, keep getting their checks. That's a pretty substantial raise. 30 million percentage wise too, to get that up to, to two fifty five for a salary cap. Definitely has some implications. If I was a team with the most money right now, you know, if I, I think it's like the the commanders or other teams that, that had like, or the bears had tons of money. Yes, of course they get the same money too, but that, that Delta, uh, you know, it's like the, the spending capital and what's going to happen with free agents. Now that really, I think shifts back in favor to those that were not necessarily uh, swimming in cat and cash McDuck style. So I'm feeling a bit, a little bit fat and happy about it. I don't know about you, Brandon. It feels good to know that they there is a little bit of room there. Maybe then the team can keep somebody that may have been on the cusp because $7 million, it, it makes quite a bit of difference when you're talking free agency and guys that are set to be on the team or not be on the team. I mean, you're talking about, you know, is Colby Parkinson, is that a guy who may have been gone initially that you could keep now? Is Damian Lewis in that kind of area of keep or not keep and does this allow a little bit extra of that movement now because i know the argument adam is that oh well everybody else's cap went up too so they're going to be able to pay some of these guys more yes and no there's there's still a benefit of re-signing your own guys and being able to negotiate ahead of the uh the new league year Without question, and it does seem to that seven million that you're talking about, right? Like it's not a massive number, but it does kind of help you with guys who are maybe not at premier positions. And you brought up Damian Lewis, and I think he's going to be a fascinating case study here because one of the things I do really like about Grub is his O line background, and that's something that 
warms my heart to hear. And I really hope that him and I can't remember the offensive line coach that he brought with him. Scott Huff. Uh, yeah, Scott Huff. There it is. Uh, really do uh, make a difference up front for this team. And it's going to be fascinating to see if Dame Lou is one of those guys that they think is a guy that they can win with and work in their system. And are they going to go for somebody like Damian Lewis? Are they going to go for maybe a slightly smaller, more athletic guy like that Washington offensive line? It It's going to be fascinating to play out, but it does seem to me that when you're operating on the lower end of available cap space to spend, um, you're going to be looking more at you know positions like guard and center and tight end and, and things like that. Well, I have a question. Where did we get the seven million? Was that because it was it's a it's a change of about thirty million? But are you saying from what was projected and now it's like an extra seven million versus what was being said? Is that is that how you get in there, Brandon? Yeah. So let's go over to overthecap.com. And so if you're watching along on YouTube, you can see some of these numbers up on the screen. So uh, for 2024, it's showing team salary cap of 261 million dollars and cap space of 12.9. And the the thing about the 12.9, it it doesn't take into account your draft picks for 2024. And so uh, yeah. where where I get the seven is you subtract uh, whatever it takes for whatever the current picks are and their slotted salary. You, you take that out of available cap space. And so you're kind of projecting some into the future and and taking into account where it's at right now. But there's a lot of other moves, guys, that mm-hmm. can be made as we kind of scroll down this list, because right on the top, you see Jamal Adams name and you see the dead money versus cap savings. And, you know, one of the cool things about over the cap, if you like to play around with this sort of thing and, and maybe try and predict what the team might do. You can say, okay, let's do a, you can decide uh, either a a pre-June 1 cut or a post-June 1 cut, and that changes things around a little bit. We hit submit on that, and you can scroll back up to the top, and you can see if you do a post-June 1 cut of Jamal Adams, then now the Seahawks have $30 in cap space. And then you again, you take away the five that would be slotted for rookies and then you're at 25 million. And so now all of a sudden it feels like, man, uh, all you have to do is cut Jamal post June one. And and which seems like a very likely move. If I'm looking at at likely moves, you know, Jamal is one. I can go down the list. Maybe you guys have some ideas of of other ones that we could do if we want to try and create as much cap space as possible in this exercise. Maybe we do that. That, that'd be fun. Yeah. And I think uh, the the piece and why I was asking about that too, is, you know, we mentioned guards, we mentioned what our backup tight ends and boys, we got two saucy ones that I think maybe three, but really two saucy ones that I think we're all really thinking about every single day is Leo Williams and Jordan Brooks. Like, what are we going to do there? There's all this, these new rumors about Patrick queen, a four year deal for Patrick queen at $70 million. Okay. Maybe nice player. Uh, what drafted one spot behind Jordan Brooks in, in the draft, maybe with Brooks's injury history, that's a dude you, you retain and bring back. And I think the overall vibe I get is that the teams that have better rosters, not to say Seattle has an elite roster, but it's a pretty good roster to get this salary bump benefits teams with, with the better rosters versus the rebuilders right now, because you do get a chance to retain one or two more of those those key dudes that maybe otherwise you just, you couldn't have paid for. Right. So it's, it's like that retention of, of the, of your top free agents 
which I think will benefit the teams with the with the top third rosters. And I would say Seattle is in that in that category. But I'd love to go through the exercise of uh, doing the Homer Simpson. You know, your cut, your cut, your cut. See how much uh, monopoly money we could create. What are those names that's just right on the screen there, Brandon? That I would be interested in. What happens with Monet? Yes, Korean uh, Post in <laughs> all of that stuff. Well, he only has, I believe, a one. He's only on for one more year, so you can't do a post June one cut. That's only for multi-year right. contracts. And so, yeah, as soon as you cut Brian Monet, you're saving another five point four million. And so that to me seems like one of those no-brainer things that's probably going to happen. Brian Monet, we didn't see him at all last year. Maybe you can, maybe you want to bring him back, but if you cut him to save five point four, it's not like. One, you're going to miss anything if he ends up going somewhere. Uh, sorry, Brian, if you're watching. Um, and then two, there's still a chance maybe you sign him back for a little bit less, which is some shrewd offseason stuff that the team has done in the past. Yeah, and the, he's coming off a nasty injury, too. Yeah. He's got that's a, <laughs> let's get let's get that money let's get that money gm blotter says bye-bye brian <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, and listen, I i hope i hope uh monet is watching i just was never even years ago people could go back and watch the tape i just i thought we overpaid for him in the last contract i don't think he's al al woods he ain't and you you guys know you guys know how i like my nose tackles uh and i never thought he was at that level and so if you go below Brian Monet, you're not really, I mean, we see there's not any savings for cross, obviously not that you'd want to get rid of him. Uh, Myers, maybe if you did post June one, but you'd want to keep Myers in his good year. Uh, Belor 2.8 savings. Maybe I, you're kind of, again, you're getting into really does 2.8 matter when it comes down to it. And Nick Belor, he's one of your captains. I, I'm kind of indifferent on that one, but I think we have to go up and and where I see the biggest opportunities, one, either for cap savings and or extensions, because another way to spread things out are to extend players to players that have high cap numbers because they've done that salary cap restructuring in the past are Tyler Lockett and Quandre Diggs, because they've moved a lot of this bonus money from past years into future years. And so you're looking at base salary. I, I know a lot of people like to look at this cap number part right here, like for Tyler Lockett, $27 million. And it's like, holy smokes, that's a lot for Tyler Lockett. But it, part of it is that $10 million prorated bonus that he's already been paid. So you're looking more at the $15 million for one year for Tyler. Uh, there's a non-prorated bonus in there too that could get shifted around. There's Quandre Diggs. That's 11 million. Let's start with Quandre because I, I feel like that's one where, again, people look at 21 million for a safety. That's a lot. But if you cut Quandre, are you going to be able to find someone that fills that spot as well for 10.5 million in 2024? Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I mean, you saw that Mike McDonald was able to develop Kyle Hamilton there in uh, Baltimore. And that makes me think that he would probably believe in his ability to do something like that again. And yeah. Okay. So the cap savings would be 11. Is there a difference for Quandre, the pre or post magic June? No, I think this is actually hit. He only has one more year after this one. So I don't think you can do a post June one. Let's and, yeah. And why, he, 2024 and why, is his final year. And while you're looking at that too, like just to 
you know, Kyle Hamilton was the 14th overall pick in his draft class. So <laughs> and you know, he's so, younger. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if, yeah, Quandre so, and it, it's a direct comparison, but you know, there's, could you go younger at that spot? Yeah. There, yes, there's yes. other guys that, that might be an option there. So I'm kind of on the fence where it comes to Quandre as a player that they could move on from or not move on from. But, um, you know, if you, if you go ahead and say you're cut now, you're at 46 million with draft pick, that's $40 million in cap space. Now you're, you know, you're, you're cooking with gas in the off season in terms of being able to sign free agents, but then you have to go back and you have to do quandary. So I think when it comes to Quandre and Tyler, I think there's an opportunity either for an extension restructure, like with Tyler. I mean, if you just wanted to keep pushing his money back, um, you can do the restructure button and submit. This is what I was talking about when we were talking about uh, Geno Smith the other day. You can specify how much base salary and prorated bonus you want to push. You can push all of it. And now, <laughs> now he has a cap number of 19 million for this year. You're pushing a lot of salary to next year. But if we've cut Quandre, we've pushed the Tyler Lockett salary back more. Now you have $50 million in cap space. We, we rich, we rich. I will say, I will stand in the corner for now and say, I, I think Quandre in a new defensive scheme. Um, and here's the thing for Quandre. When I hear McDonald talk about what I think is like very Belichickian, the do your job, like don't go freelancing, do your job. I think if the Seattle gets sound in that way, I think Quandre Diggs is still going to be a, be a well above average safety. I just, I think he's good. I still think he's a good football player that can do basically anything you want him to go do. I think Seattle became very undisciplined last year as a, as a defense as a whole. And then players like Diggs either don't get the opportunities they had in years past to, to get what are like the glory things, like four or five interceptions. Um, but it wasn't like Diggs was getting beat deep and stuff like that. It wasn't, that was Jamal was, was getting burnt deep. Diggs was still doing his job. It's just that others, I felt like others around him were not doing as well. And uh, so Andre I, Diggs is having to tackle. It's because other people are messing up. Right. And, it's that, and, and Quandre Diggs usually can tackle. He's not afraid to hit. He's not afraid of contact. Uh, so I, I am, I'm on the corner of like, keep Diggs. Yes. It's a lot to pay a safety, whatever. He's 31 years old. He's, he's, he earned a, a good contract. He's been a good Seahawks now for like five years. He's a good football player. You know, keep a veteran like that while you're building the, the core on the outside with with Spoon in the slot and, and Tariq hopefully with a bounce back year. And we'll see what else they do with, with the other corners, if it's Trey Brown or somebody else. I think you kind of need that veteran presence. And Jamal's going to be gone. So you got Julian Love, who's, you know, still youngish, 26, 27, like kind of mid-career. And then what, Jarek Reed? You don't know who's could, who might be that that third safety. So now I, I like the idea of keeping Quandre. Uh, there was a number on that on that screen though, Brandon. That or name you didn't dare go near. Stop but, it, Clinton. You stop but, it right now. You do not touch my Disley. We got to be talking about about the Montanan. We got to be talking <laughs> yeah. about Uncle Will. All that's right, all right. That's let's let's put it back up so that way. That's way too can... much money to pay to pay a dude who's not not really part a huge part of the offense. Now I will say this: I would love, 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 love for the we'll cut you today and gladly pay you, you know, Tuesday for your hamburger later, Mr. Uncle Will, and re-sign him at a more friendly thing. I think Uncle Will is still very valuable, but not that much money. That's 
you know, 7 million bucks we could recoup almost this year. Yeah. Get rid of all the tight ends. Let's start. Yeah, you're going to need one man. And I know, I know Clinton would go and uh, bring back uh fan. No, I wouldn't. No, no, I would not. Not after not, I was a fan. I was a fan fan boy. He did not do enough for me in the two years. And you can't block like uncle will can block. We, when we did the last uh, three and three out of the year, I was like, wow, once Fant got hurt and Disley was kind of back in as like the number one, but lo and behold, he was catching touchdowns. He was, you know, it just, I, I kind of think that without Fant in the picture, Disley, I don't know, I think Disley could still be a very, very formidable, good tight end. I say all that and I still say paying him that much money is, is too much. Let's just restructure slash cut and resign. Will will run blocks really well. So yeah, I, I like I like Will this. Yeah, I agree. Right. You you'd brought up the idea of okay, so you got all this cap space now in Magic Land, and uh, <laughs> like do you, do you want to bring back Leonard Williams or you know yes Jordan Brooks in with Patrick Queen out there? I, I think you made a good point about the Delta part. Like the Delta between Brooks and Queen is it top of the market money and you know the next tier down money that you're going to pay Jordan Brooks? It coming off the injury and everything. I don't know that it is like, I, I think Jordan Brooks is a heck of a ball player and he is fast. And we know that Mike likes to have fast linebackers. And I honestly think that's where the team needs to focus uh, this off season heavily is getting way faster at linebacker. Yeah. There might be a benefit to signing Jordan Brooks with him being on your team. I, I think that especially when you look at uh, some of the, numbers of I think pro football focus put out numbers of each individual like speculating what types of contracts players might get and surprisingly Patrick Queen was like six million a year more than Jordan Brooks and it, it seems crazy especially considering what Mike McDonald did last year was make Patrick Queen a lot of money putting him next to Roquan Smith so right. I think that that maybe elevates that and nobody's going to know that better than Mike McDonald. So, I mean, if, if they end up bringing queen and I don't know if you could pair queen and Brooks, but that would be a lot of money to spend at the linebacker spot would seem a little bit crazy to me, but as we can see here, guys, for you, Clinton, I went ahead and cut Will Disley and I cut Tyler Lockett. Cause why don't we just cut everybody? Now we have, $70 million. And now we can go out and spend a bunch of money in free agency for players that their teams didn't want them enough to, to pay them highly enough. <laughs> that might be as good as the players we just cut. Now I, I do get it. The, the piece about queen projecting to be 6 million more per year than Brooks. That's, that's nuts to me. I know we have our bias. That's our guy. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but that's too much. Six million dollars. We just went over before what seven million could mean, right? Right. So six is pretty much seven. It's it's pretty darn close. That that could be the difference of of if we want to bring like we talked earlier, bring back Delu or or other moves or just I mean, take six million dollars and get that other paired linebacker, get that other dude. We talked about uh, Drew Tranquil in the offseason last year. That we talked about him recently after the 49ers lost the Super Bowl to the Kansas City Chiefs, which was amazing and. He wasn't paid a lot of money. One year deal, the dude's all over the field. So uh, yeah, I am not into the idea of paying Queen that much more than Brooks. To me, that cutoff is probably like some premium of one to 1.5 million because 
because he's coming from the Ravens and he had the better, you know, the non-injured better year, I guess. But guys, I don't know, man, like just Brooks or Queen, if it's not like, even if it was like dead, even the same exact amount of money, I'm not sure if Patrick Queen's a better ball player than Brooks. Are we sure about that? Yeah. So I, I'm kind of with you in the $6 million difference. Crazy amount. I'd rather use that on the defensive line. Speaking of defensive line, you had your list of players up there, Brandon. One that stood out to me that I, I don't think anybody's really talking about, but a guy that I'd be interested in bringing back is Mario Edwards. And he did more this year than I thought he would uh, coming into this last year. Like, I just yeah. thought, oh, he's a guy, he's always been around, whatever. There was a lot of games, especially early on, where you're like, wow, Mario Edwards has been a difference maker today. And then you look at what Mike did with guys like Clowney and uh, Vinoy, Vinoy and guys yeah. like that. Yeah. Like he could do that sort of thing with a Mario Edwards too. And he's not going to break the bank. Yeah. There's a lot of opportunities. So I, again, when we talk about guys who are getting cut uh, for one, I don't think that our input is going to be taken by John Schneider. Like, I don't think John's going to watch this and go, Oh, uh, they make some really good points about having $70 million for me to spend. Uh, why don't I cut everybody? <laughs> I think that there's probably some medium area where they're able to work it out. And if they have 40 million, 30 million in cap space to where, whether you want to bring him back, Coley Parkinson, Damian Lewis, Leonard Williams, you know, go down the list of priority guys that may or may not be for the team. But I, I think we hit on quite a few of those names. There's opportunity there. So I guess the main point that I want to get across to people is that the Seahawks are doing just fine. With, calorie, with salary cap space right now. There's got to be the magic button. There's a magic button on your because <laughs> the cap is magic. It never makes sense. You always at some point are like, well, the key only has this much, and then suddenly they have more. Or like, oh, they're loaded with cap space. Oh, no, it's all gone now. Like, it's just, there's uh, this this website is screwed up because there's no magic button. I think it's like, it's, a, like a, I think it's like a Mario level, you know, like it's there. You just can't see it. You got to like, you, you know, got to go the, like a tube yeah, at the top. Exactly. You gotta hit, hit the yeah. brick. You got to grow, yeah. then go through a tube, but then, then you're Ooh. underwater for a bit. Yeah. You get the, yeah. to get the great fire music. And, and then the magic, uh, the magic button appears where you can just do whatever you want year after year. Uh, Cause it just, yeah. Like, like the Eagles or the 49ers just keep seemingly adding players and uh, losing in Super Bowls. We'll get there. We just need the magic button. John Schneider. Hey, we don't need the magic button. We just need our general manager, John Schneider, having the magic button and everything works out. And we're a Super Bowl team in 2024. There's no downtime between changing coaches. We're right back in it and into the Super Bowl in 2024. Totally going to happen. And I think with that, there's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. Do 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 do